Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kanisha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Y'all, I'm here today with my friend Mary, and not only are we back from a little tiny podcast break, we just took a deep breath and like shook the summer off and we're welcoming fall in, but we're here with one of our favorite friends to talk to about life and mission and writing and work. So Mary, will you say hey and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I'll just say that I'm so thankful to be here with you today because I feel like you're just one of my favorite people on the planet. And every time we get together, we end up having the deepest conversations. And like I was thinking about this before we hopped on, Jesus is the boulder that broke the scale. It was like one of my like, what? What's happening moments from one of our Instagram lives when we were talking about, is it like more rest or more discipline and more work? So I just, I have chills just just waiting. Well, no pressure. To me, yeah, no pressure. I mean, let's come back to that. We've actually been talking about, let's come back to balance because we've been talking about balance a ton in our office. So I want to ask you a question about it later on. I will say this. So at Go and Tell Gals, we want to equip and encourage women to use their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God, which is a lot of G's in general. But that being said, to me, the reason why you are such an important podcast guest and such an important friend of Go and Tell Gals is you have always been one of those women for me. That I I've now told this story before. I think I might have told it the last time you were on the podcast or when I was on yours one. But the first time I heard you teaching the Bible, that I think you got off stage and I walked over to you and was like, "More of this!" Like <laughs> I think I got very aggressive in your face and said, "Like we need this." I knew you were a talented photographer. I knew that all my photographer friends massively respected you and were learning from you in that area. But I was like, we need more of you doing this. And I've always felt that way about you because your particular story, the particular grace you have to speak to women who have similar stories is so impactful. So I want to come back to balance. I want to come back to Jesus crashing the scales because again, that's been a hot topic in our conversation. That's been a hot topic in our office as of late. But will you just tell everybody a little bit about Dirt, your book that came out? Did it come out in 2020? Yeah. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? No, 2020, September 2020. Time is just a construct at this point. At this point, it is. I saw a picture from 2019 today and I said, that was two years ago. And I couldn't, my mind was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Tell everybody about it. It's like that meme, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say it's that meme we've all seen. I'm a hundred percent sure it's like the you know the one guy's running and the other guy's catching up, and it's like you know me still processing 2020, and it's like 2022 in four months, like running up behind me. It's fine. It's We're so fine. True. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's everything's fine. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. So, dirt is my. It is a memoir. It is my story. But I feel like a lot of times when people hear memoir, they're like, oh, cool. So like maybe I'll read your bio at some point. But really, this is. The elevator pitch version that people might want to hear is like single wide trailer to Yale Law School in one generation, first in my family to go to college, dirt, you know, in the floor of the carpet, my dad's mud, muddy work boots bringing that home. But really much more, it is a story about making peace with your past. It's a story about 
coming to peace with these parts of your story you've hidden away for most of your adult life because you believe it disqualifies you. And so I talk a lot about this most put together woman in the room. And regardless of whether you grew up in a trailer or you just, it was something in your family, or it was like you, you were, you know, moved all around the country or a failure in your business last week. There are these parts in our story that we think if other people knew, they would turn their faces away from us in shame. They would want to distance themselves in case this shame is contained. Mm -hmm. And so we make peace with that by saying, actually, even though it was hard, even though I wouldn't want to relive it in real time, those parts of my story, the character traits that were forged through that fire, the empathy, the tenacity, the grit, the kindness, the fact that I will never make somebody else feel the way that it made me feel, at the point those character traits become more valuable to you than having an easy story, I think that's wisdom. Because the truth is we will all reach points where we wish for someone else's easy story. But who we're becoming by walking through that is going to be, like you guys say, it's going to be for our good and it's going to be for God's glory. So that's really what the book is about. It's saying, hey, this stuff happened and it's part of who I am. I thank it for who it made me. So good. So it's interesting. Okay, I was listening to a podcast episode this week that was about origin stories and it was about even the potential like unhealth in really sanitized origin stories and it has made me all up in my head I'm just gonna be honest about origin stories that I tell very often and I think even in light of dirt this was one thing I really took from reading the book and that it's really sat with me a little bit is that I even have origin stories in regards to my business or my mission, et cetera, that I'm very comfortable telling that everyone has heard at this point, but that sometimes I realize that they've, they've become so sanitized that like we're missing like a little bit of the dirt from it, a little bit of the grip from it. And like, I even need to shake my head. So I was thinking about this one. I wanted to tell you that is really interesting. If, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard this before, I've probably shared it once or twice. Everyone in my church has heard this story over and over again. And it's that when Nick told me that he felt called to plant Bright City, he felt called to plant our church. We It was 2008 and it was the middle of a snowstorm in Seattle. And he came home one day and said, God's asked me to plant this church. Like, will you go with me? Will you do this with me? And I said, no. And then I stopped speaking to him for five days. And <laughs> it's like a funny thing that we tell. Like, I stopped speaking to him for five days. I would only email him to say, like, dinner's ready or please wake up the kids. And that actually happened. <laughs> I mean, that actually happened. And it's funny. But that's also really messed up. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been sitting with it all week, thinking about these parts of our stories that become even the darker parts that become kind of sanitized. And somebody referenced it the other day. And I said, Hey, you just referenced that part of my story. Can I just help you? Can we just get close for a second? And can I just say like, a of all, I was being a really bad wife. <laughs> That's a really messed up thing to do. Number two, I was actually being disobedient to God. I was actually resisting his call. You know, so all that being said, that's what dirt made me constantly think about is not just the tidier stories, not just the ones that we tell in pretty versions, because you're right. I think even sometimes now, culturally, it's more appropriate to tell really scary, heavy, awful stories than it is to just tell the medium kind of hard and gross ones, but God's in those too. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I think is interesting? Well, there's a couple things I think are interesting. One is when we are being asked to go do things, these acts of obedience that take really big leaps of faith where the staircase, we, you know, forget like you, you can't see the staircase, forget the first step. Like you can't, you don't even know what floor of the house you are on. I don't actually think it's an uncommon response to want to go silent, right? I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about she really just wants to post this new kind of thing on Instagram. She's, you know, in one kind of business and she's really gotten an interest in another kind of creative outlet. And she's like, I like all of these things. Like I need to get my website going before I can post that. It's going to look really random. I have to warm up my audience. I have to figure out what hashtags I want to use. And I said, can I just stop you for a minute? I said, every time we are presented with the next ledge we are being asked to leap from, we as humans have a tendency to go, where are my orange safety cones? Like where are my orange safety cones that I can put up and position between this ledge and myself so that there's distance, so that I don't risk falling on my face when I'm being asked to take a leap and see if I can fly. And so I don't think that God is surprised by silence. I don't think that God is surprised by us saying, I got to go think of all the reasons I can't do this before I do the thing you're asking me to. And we see that throughout the Bible and you know that. But I I mean, I 100% feel you on this. Like it becomes part of our script. So I'm actually writing an Instagram post right now and I just quit on it because I didn't know where to go with it. Maybe I'll figure it out here. We'll see. But I was talking about when I graduated Yale Law School, I had two law firm offers in London and New York for $140,000 to start, plus bonuses, plus benefits. And I was being, you know, Justin and I are standing on the horizon of the rest of our lives and two paths diverged out in front of us. The safe, secure bets of law firms or wedding photography, right? And we chose unordinary. We chose, and I've got the cadence, and this is how I would speak it from the stage. And the Instagram caption is like me going, But like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, that's the script. Let's sit for a minute in like the people who looked at that and delighted that it looked like failure and made it very clear to me that they thought it looked like failure. Let's talk about how hard and muddy that leap actually was. The people who said, oh, guess you couldn't cut it. Oh, guess you weren't as smart as you thought you were. Like, oh, the golden girl falls hard when she falls from grace. Like to be like, you know small town to Yale Law School and then not take the job. Um, There were people who enjoyed what looked like failure to them and didn't get it, didn't see the vision. And that's hard. And it was never, it got sanitized out of that story, just how hard it is to do stuff people don't understand yet. And you know what else gets sanitized out of that story is your humility to say, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that you think I'm failing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I mean, that you're so right. I could talk about this for hours. I happened to listen to that podcast yesterday morning, and then we went to a new family's house for dinner, a family who's new to our church. Families new to our church invited us over for dinner, and they were asking us about the story of the church. And all of a sudden, I was like, what? I don't know. I mean, like, let me tell you the whole thing. At one point, Nick was like, you are going to have to synthesize this a little bit. You're talking for 90 minutes to tell them like a really simple thing. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I love that. That's really interesting. I wonder how often we just miss out on hearing really beautiful parts of what God's doing in other people's lives because it's just a little messy, you know? I also think, and I could be totally wrong. I know it's true for me, but I also think that sometimes we give that sanitized, you know, 
cue the music. We chose the road less traveled. And now we're standing on stage talking to you. It all worked out. Like we take out those parts where it looked like failure to other people or we resisted or we weren't sure. We went silent because we're afraid at least I feel this way sometimes. We're afraid it, it ultimately disqualifies us. We're afraid if we didn't have that faith in ourselves, if we didn't have that certainty. If you know, I always joke that I'm the reluctant podcaster. Like it took a like a couple years of Justin being like, I really think you should do this. And yeah. I was like, No, I don't think so. Thanks. And like I tell that almost like a confession. Like, oh man, like I, I wonder if like all of this cool stuff that's happening, if like maybe there's part of me that doesn't deserve all that God's doing with it. Because I wasn't cooperative from the beginning. Yeah. You know, there's something really like, we just, I just feel like as humans, me especially, like I was raised, if you didn't work for it, you don't deserve it. So Grace and me have a real problem sometimes. And I feel like anything I can look to, to say that takes away from the outcome or that disqualifies me, or that's like an asterisk in my story. Like, you know, like, you know, when they find out like, Lance Armstrong or whatever, like he was really doing great things. And then we put a, an asterisk beside it. Like, I feel like I put those on my own story all the time. Okay. This conversation is the most interesting one I've had in weeks. I want to like keep pressing in. I want to tell you what's interesting. And in you saying that you feel tempted to take out the things that are disqualifying. Here's what I do. I feel very tempted to take out the high highs and low lows that I can't explain. It has less to do, in fact, I think I'm a lot more comfortable, I know this to be true, I'm a lot more comfortable sharing my failure than I am my wins, Mm -hmm. because I don't have an equation to hand people about the wins. It feels like it's just grace, or it's just blessing, or some of it's just privilege, or it's just God. And so when if I can't say, here's how you could get that, then I don't want to talk about it. A small example would be for me, I struggled with postpartum depression in 2011, and I did the things. I went to a medical doctor. I went to a licensed therapist. I went on medication. I drank more water. I began exercising more aggressively. I took vitamin D. I did all of the things, but something really Mm. unexplicable happened in that one day I woke up and it was gone. And I can't explain it. I know that I can't prescribe that for other people. I can't say, this is what's going to happen. You know, I know that all of those things helped a lot for me, and I would suggest any of them. But also, one day I woke up, and the way I would describe it to my friends, my therapist, my counselor, my pastor at the time is I would say, I woke up and could not find despair. It was not there. Mm. I was like, where it? It's gone. (laughs) It was almost more jarring that it was gone. And so it's a part of my story that I feel a little less comfortable telling because I can't explain it. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like that's because... Shauna Nequist talks about this in a lot of her books. Like she gets her identity and her worth from being the capable one and the helpful one. And if like you can't be the one giving like the steps and the lessons, do you feel like it's that? Or do you feel like it's more like you don't feel like people are going to get it if you say sometimes God just removes these things? Like, is it more the faith element or the helpful side? You know, I think it's twofold. I think number one, it's the internet. And what is actually true is that 
<laughs> the internet is not safe with stories like this. And I just learned that over time. I had enough people say, you know, you can't say that, or you shouldn't say that, or that's, and it's too long form of a conversation to say, I'm actually not prescribing this for you. I'm just telling you this is true for me. This is what happened. So it's partially that, that I know that some of this is just sacred and beautiful, and I'll never, I'll never be able to convince anyone else of what happened that day. I know the exact day it was, was January 31st, 2011. And I woke up and was like, it's gone. It's not here. And so I think part of it is that, that I just know this is a pretty sacred story. The other piece of it, I think, is a genuine lack of faith or a fear about other people's lack of faith. I think I struggle with that a little bit. I've had enough. My husband and I were just talking about this yesterday. We were talking about this part of our story. And we were talking about how when this was happening, I actually had like a faith leader, a female in my life who was in leadership, who came to me and said, I think you shouldn't use the word healing. When I said, God's healed me from depression. And she came and said, I don't think you should use the word healing. I think it's misleading. And for years, that plagued me. And really rocked me. And I felt like, right, well, I don't want to mislead people. I don't want to be untrue. Anyways, thank you, Mary, for just giving me a little therapy session. I would just like to thank everybody for coming with us (laughs) that I got to work those things out. (laughs) You know, though, I mean, I feel like there is something to that where, like I have that with, with dirt, right? Where it's like, it just so happened that my story has turned out that Mining the depths of the past and writing a book like this has brought my family closer together, has brought my mom back into my life. I can't promise that, though. I can't promise if people start talking about the hard parts of their story, their whole family is going to be like, heck yeah, we're super on board. Like That was an answer to many, many, many prayers. I said, can a book like this be written and it not result in estrangement? And I understand, you know, I mean, even even like my marriage. Like I was never going to get married because of what I saw in my parents' marriage. And then I have this beautiful redeeming marriage with Justin. I can't promise that either. And so I know what that is to say, like this combination of like, here's what has happened in my life and the ways I've seen God move. But I don't want you to hear that if that's not happening for you, that he doesn't see you. You know, that's hard. Gals, it's Brenna here with a quick break. Last week, we launched a brand new Go and Tell Gals community on Facebook for women on mission to connect, cheer each other on, and develop real conversation and community. We know we're designed for community, and we want to give you, our gal, a space for that. Join us as we run the race with one another. In this group, we'll have conversations, we'll introduce you to other women on mission, and we'll give you special access to Go and Tell Gals perks. Plus, when you join the group, we're giving you a code for 15% off in our shop. Head to the link in the show notes to join. Okay, back to the conversation with our friend, Mary. So let's pivot back to the balance conversation because I want to get your take on this. We've begun saying in our office that we are really curious. We're curious about what is behind the question of balance. And so to flesh it out for you, I'll say this. We've begun to notice that anytime someone asks about balance, our immediate question is, is that something that needs to be balanced? The conversation, I'll go back, the conversation you referenced, you and I talked one time about, I believe that we were talking about grace and truth, maybe. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or it could have also been work and rest. Work and rest. Really anything. 
one of them. Yeah. It could have been Grace and Truth. It could have been Work and Rest. But I okay, let's say Work and Rest. So you and I were having this conversation about how do we balance work and rest, and I said I do believe that Jesus is the boulder that crashes the scale. I think that in this life where we're trying to do like one little rock here and two little rocks here and three little, you get this and you get that, that Jesus is the boulder that just smashes it all, that we get to be people who work and we get to be people who rest. And sometimes balance doesn't look like this American version of balance, but it's more of a kingdom mindset. But so I'm curious, how do you respond to that idea about balance Are there things that you currently are struggling to balance? And how does that idea immediately sit with you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have like four different trains of thought that just left the station. So I'm going to try to corral them all in. One of them is that I think a lot of times when people say, I am struggling with balance, what they are saying is, this is my guess, I could be wrong. A lot of times what they're saying is they feel like they are failing in several areas of their life in order to have one area grow or have one area be really successful or just like they feel like they have to operate at that kind of division of time just to keep everything from falling apart. So I have, we know a lot of wedding photographer friends, like you mentioned, who are taking all of 2020's weddings and all of 2021's weddings this year. And I bet a lot of them are feeling like my mental health, my relationships, my marriage, my soul, like all of these things are suffering because I'm having to focus all of my time and my energy just to keep everything from falling apart in the business. So I think that's a lot of it. It's feeling like, wow, I made a lot of money, but I you know, died at 40 because I didn't ever take care of myself. Like like this I, this broader definition of success that says, you know, if, if the people that you live under a roof with don't like you very much, even if the internet does, you probably aren't winning, right? So it's like, it's that feeling, it's that struggle of like, how do I give enough time to all of them when it feels like if I even try to do that, I'm still coming up short and I'm really exhausted. I feel like there is this tension of, you can hear a scripture like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or the, the always more scripture. And it can be really tempting to go, if you're tired, if you're burnout, if you feel like you cannot give 100% to the seven areas of life success, then you just need to pray harder, or you're not, you don't have a strong enough faith that you're always doing it of your own. And while I 100% believe like we cannot do this through our own strength and we do date, you know, there's that great quote of like, I'm so busy today, I better make sure I spend two hours in my quiet time because otherwise I'm not going to get it all done, right? It's like it's that idea of like we have to fill up before we can pour out. But I think like if we say, hey, like the scale has been crushed, for example, and you can do both, be all in on rest and all in on work. While I 100% agree with that and love that moment, it's really getting into the details of what we are not saying is that if you were just better at praying, you would have the energy to do all the things. Yeah. Which to me then comes full circle back to dirt to say, what if we break this illusion that everybody else is thriving. And what if we squash the lie that the best parts of our life are the ones where we're thriving and where we're winning and instead say, oh, actually, the gospel says his power is made perfect in weakness and the best parts of our personality and our gifting were actually grown in the dark and in the shadows. 
And yeah, I think you're really hitting on something. And I love deep conversations like this where I feel like we're just like falling in a continual hole. And then all of a sudden you're like, we're out again. We're out of the hole. (laughs) We're in the light again. I see it. That's how it feels to me. But yeah, I'm really interested in this idea of almost to the point where I'm annoying everyone in our office. Maybe not. I hope I pray not. But whenever anyone, because we get this question a lot because we're women who want to help other women on mission. So every question feels like it relates to balance. How do I balance being personal on social media and not being too salesy? And I'm like, why do you need to balance it? And then someone says, how do I balance motherhood and mission? And I'm like, why do you need to balance it over and over and over again? Mm. You know, how do I balance rest and work? How do I balance everything? And I think the question behind the question for me is also what expectation are we living up to? Yeah. I think where this gets super interesting is when, you know, there are expectations. There are always expectations of just, we think this is what the world wants from us. But then it's like, we get a layer deeper and we go, oh, wow. Like with my job, with your job, with people who are listening, social media kind of is part of our job. Whoops. Like, now I really do need to like make sure I'm at least trying on there because I have people who have fiscally <laughs> invested in me <laughs> to grow an audience, you know? And then like, just don't even get me started on this full-time job that like social media has become with its like recommendations of seven reels and four lives and create content, create content and always be posting. And, and you know, now you and I are living this balance of we are called to teach women how to embrace the weakness in their story, how to embrace the mud in their story, how to stop trying to achieve for your worth. But in order to get that message out and in order to fulfill our jobs, we like keep getting sucked into the vortex. You know, it's this tension of like reaching your audience and then giving them the message that they really need. And that's hard. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, (laughs) this is a question that you can say, pass on and we'll edit the whole thing out. (laughs) So if you hear it, you'll know Mary said yes. Is there a part of your story right now? Is there a part of your work right now that feels dirty, that feels messy, but God is meeting you in it that you'd be willing to share? And I'll think about the same because I wouldn't ask you to say something that I wouldn't say. Yes, I'm 100% down to answer that question. And I think Probably there are probably a few answers, but the one that's jumping out at me the most right now is I went from like this really interesting season, for lack of a better word, of launching dirt, where it was like my normal through those like six months was like, let's fly to California to the Universal Studio set, because that's normal. Or let's hop on and do, you know, podcasts and Instagram lives with people I've looked up to for years, or you know, just like very public, very out there, very like things are happening really, really quickly. And then almost like whiplash when it was time to start writing my second book, going back into like, cause I think of like the marketing as the wide part and the writing as the deep part. When I went back into writing that second book, it coincided with a lot of things happening where it was just like the water faucet got turned off, right? Where it was Mm. like, Suddenly, I'm just going to be hanging out with me and my dogs and my husband, <laughs> and like it was like it was like super super public, and then right into obscurity almost, yeah. or like super super busy, super full calendar into like just hours on end with you and a laptop. And as somebody who's wired to find a lot of worth and achievements, that felt like 
a stripping down season or like a pruning season. And I found myself being like, whoa, did I, did I handle something wrong with that God? Did I not handle that with the grace you had hoped? Was I not a good steward of it? Is it not all actually going to work out? I thought like Mm. I've wanted to be an author my whole life and then we're here and now it's like quiet again. And I think like that's so human, right? To go, mm-hmm. seasons have changed. I literally write by a big window here and I watch this tree go from fully green to colors to nothing to buds and that's fine. That's fine tree. It's fine to let things go. That's part of what you're supposed to do. It's fine. But for me, I'm like, what's happening? That feels like failure. Quiet feels like failure. There's a muddy part of my story mm-hmm. right now. Wow. Okay. Because today's the day of I love these both sides of the coin answers, I'll tell you my exact answer that I was trying to capture it as I asked you because I was like, I should be real and say my thing too. Mine is the exact opposite. So for years, when women have said, anyone in my life has said like, I know you're so busy or I know you can't hang out, you're busy. I have been the quickest one. I've said it on the podcast before to say, I'm not busy. My life is full. It is not hectic. I just work a job and I have four kids and these things can be normalized and it is okay. I've made a really big deal in saying I'm not busy. I'm not busy because busy Mm -hmm. and hectic would not be peace filled and busy and hectic would not be spirit led and busy and hectic would in my mind not be spacious and generous. So I've been telling this narrative for years of like, I'm not busy. I'm full. And what has happened in this season is I can no longer deny that I am very busy. And that feels like sawdust in my mouth. Mm. (laughs) And it's a really busy season, and it is going to be a very busy season. Interestingly, if anyone's wondering, it's not work. It's not secret fun projects I've got going on. But all four of my children have made the transition to go to four different schools for the first time in our whole life and our carpool wow. situation which Brenna our producer has heard me talk about now more than is should be normal our carpool situation is now that with which we someone in our family is in the car for four hours a day on a good day so it's two hours in the morning and it's two hours in the afternoon And that's the only way it gets done. It's the only way it can happen. We tried to strategize ourselves out of it. And it's for the good of our kids. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. Everybody's stepping into God's call in their life. And it is so busy. It means I have to wake up earlier to get work done. It means I have to stay up a little bit later to even be a human and wash my body. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm like, busy means I'm not thriving Busy means I'm not spirit-led. Busy means, you know, all these other things. Busy means I'm not at peace. Busy means I'm not obedient. And it's really messy. Mm -hmm. And it is not cute. And it also means I can't (laughs) meet people's expectations. And I don't Mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that goes back to that, like, capable thing, right? If I were more capable, if I... If I were more dis, like for me, I'm always like, if I was just a little more disciplined, we're honestly like going back to that balance question. One of the muddy things we're feeling is we have a few different businesses that are like going all at once. And every day I'm like, I'm just going to be a little more disciplined and I'll figure out how to balance between them. And then every day I'm like, well, that didn't happen. So maybe tomorrow. (laughs) And so it's weird. It's weird that like, 
I can in one breath say, there's actually a part in Dirt where I say, I unironically, run on sentence style, in one breath will say two prayers, God, I have too much, and God, when are you going to give me more? And mm. I live that. I just keep returning to that. Like, oh, yeah. it's so quiet. I don't know. Like, like it's weird to be like faithful in the small things and be tending and planting. And like, I, I don't know. I'm ready to like grow again. And then at the same time to be like, oh yeah, every day I just can't figure out how to balance it all. Hundred percent. So, you know. Welcome to human life. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I think my favorite part about this conversation is that there is no bow to tie on it. And I think that in other podcasts, what we may be expected is that we would say, okay, let's end with three tips though. <laughs> yeah. But I think the best thing we can hand to you all today is no tips. No tips. Sometimes it's messy. That's where God moves. Yeah. Go with God. <laughs> All right, Mary, how can our girls be praying for you? I know the new book is coming out in 2022. April, is that right? Yeah, April 5th as of right now, unless something changes. Thank you, God. All right, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, you know, I think the second book is, like I said, if if Dirt is for the girl, a love letter to the girl in the trailer, the second book is a love letter to the girl after, and that is the girl who decided to run from her story. You know, the girl in the red cape running from the big bad wolf, she is hearing that voice that she has to run and not stop running or she'll never be safe. So I feel like writing the second book, which is ultimately about giving up overachieving for your worth. You know, I get to Yale Law School and that hole in my heart feels bigger than it ever did before. I build the businesses and do the busy and and do all the things, all the stuff we've talked about in this episode. And I still feel like, will I ever matter? There's a part in the second book where I say, you would be surprised if you knew how often that phrase, will I ever matter, has tumbled from my lips. And so I would say that leading up to this book where it feels like we just should just switch right into busy and switch right into marketing because it's only a few months away, actually count them up, which I'm trying not to do, that I would embrace Mm. the rest. Mm. I would embrace the undoing that happened in writing that book that says, hey, it doesn't actually matter how much you market or strive or do or spin. Like I have a plan for this book and it will do what it's going to. And I am putting you in this place to be faithful with the small things because I need you to relearn how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would say pray for that. Amen. We will. And we're so grateful for your work. Thank we're you. so grateful for your leadership. We're coming behind you. We're listening and we're listening to everything God says through you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And anybody listening, if you listen to the episode and you took something from it, come over to at Mary Marantz on Instagram, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. And thebookdirt.com is a place you can check it all out. So good. Thank you so much for sharing. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week. Thank you.